Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. African Americans are more likely to suffer from cardiovascular disease than whites, and it's the leading cause of death among blacks in the U.S. Tanae Lewis is investigating how discrimination plays into those statistics. This is Colleen Chaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs and Communications, talking with Professor Lewis about her research that shows metabolic evidence of just how unhealthy this kind of mistreatment can be. Professor Lewis is a Yale Center for Clinical Investigation Scholar, funded through Yale's Clinical and Translational Science Award. What have you discovered about African Americans who've experienced discrimination? One of the things that, um, I, I guess I would say the biggest thing that my mm-hmm. research has uncovered is that these types of experiences have real physiologic effects. So uh, I've been looking at a few different um, outcomes that are relevant to cardiovascular disease, one of which is um, atherosclerosis mm-hmm. in the arteries of the heart. So we found associations between experiences of mistreatment and those types of outcomes. Another thing that I've looked at is C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory um, factor that is elevated in people who are at risk or Mm -hmm. who have um, heart disease. And I have some work coming out um, in the next few months that's looking at visceral fat, fat around the internal organs, which is also another factor that is shown to be higher in people who will go on to have heart disease or, or um, coronary events. So a few different outcomes. And you've been focusing on women. Why is that? So um, I began focusing on women initially primarily because there just wasn't a lot of research being done on mm-hmm. women in heart disease. And my research has since, I, I often, I also look at men, and we haven't seen much in terms of gender differences at this mm-hmm. point. But um, for the most part, I think I would say I began looking at women primarily because there was this sense in the field that heart disease was a man's disease. And we knew very, very little about what was happening with women. And one of the things we found is that women, and particularly African-American women, um, were at risk for heart disease. And because women live longer, many more, the the numbers of Mm -hmm. women with heart disease were actually greater than um, those of men. Let's talk about the kinds of experiences that you were tracking, because they weren't necessarily huge traumatic events, but more what we might call everyday discrimination. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, and it's really interesting. The um, a few years back, I would say maybe twenty years ago, there was a, a Dutch sociologist who came up with this term that she called "everyday," mm-hmm. and um, her thought was that it was it would be important to look at what she called new discrimination. So events that occurred post-civil rights movement Mm -hmm. in the U.S. when what many people are saying is that things should be better, things should be different, and you don't see these major... you don't see people, for example, being, uh, you know, if you look at footage from the, the, the 60s and 50s and so on, people being hosed or chased with dogs or those sorts of things. Right. And the thought that many people had is that, well, you know, people are treated the same these days. And there's nothing wrong and there's nothing going on. But yet we still see inequality in terms of health outcomes and, mm-hmm. and what's happening in people's bodies. And so what could that be? And so I've been looking at um, everyday forms of mistreatment or discrimination. And, and you can ask these questions of anyone. These experiences don't just happen to African-Americans. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, 
when they happen to African Americans, and these are things like being treated, people feeling as if they're not being treated with respect or courtesy or they're not receiving good service in restaurants mm-hmm. and stores and so on. Those types of things seem to matter for people. And um, over years and years of having these experiences, we see the um, manifestation in people's bodies. And did the people you were talking with attribute this to race? No. So, I mean, so one, one of the things that's, well, I, I shouldn't say no. Um, sometimes some and did, sometimes some not. Didn't. So um, what happens in any interpersonal interaction is, you know, you have an interaction with someone and you walk away and you, you, you may or may not feel like, wow, that wasn't very pleasant. And so we, we first ask people, how often does mm-hmm. this happen to you? Or how often do you experience these things? And after they sort of talk about how often they experience these very sort of general things that can happen to anyone, we then say, and, and what? why do you think that mm-hmm. was? Or what do you think that was about? And we find that um, with African Americans, about half say, I think it was because of my race or my ethnicity, and the other half say something else. In my research, we found that it really doesn't matter what they think it mm-hmm. was. It's just having the experience that seems to be... Um, bad for your health. And how does the health effect of these kinds of experience compare with other stress, you know, sick kid, bad marriage? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a very, very, very important question. And at this point, we don't know. Mm-hmm. So I came to this as a, um, my background is in psychology. I'm, I'm trained as a psychologist, a health psychologist. And I wasn't interested in discrimination per se. I was interested Mm -hmm. in stress more broadly. And um, when I first started looking at a number of different types of stressors, so negative life events or perceived stress, all sorts of different things, what seemed to be most robust, um, meaning what seemed to be the biggest driver of health effects for this group of women at least, was um, these types of experiences. Mm -hmm. So not things like how stress overall? How um, stressful would you say your life has been this past year? Or things like um, having problems on the job? Now, that that's just for the women that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Now, what I don't know is whether or not we're just not asking the right experiences of women who are living in an urban context. Mm-hmm. And so, is it something about these experiences that are just more culturally? relevant. And if we ask about other types of culturally relevant experiences, maybe we'll see the same sorts of things. But um, at this point, these experiences seem to be more relevant than some of the other things that psychologists typically look at, sort of generic stressors. They're really daunting findings Mm -hmm. because you can attack the big stuff, mm-hmm. job discrimination, housing discrimination. You can't stop people from being jerks, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and I get asked that question all the time, and I never have a good answer, I think. I think there is no easy or simple solution to it. What? So there are some people who say, well, we just have to work with people individually. And so you're right, we can't police behaviors that Mm -hmm. happen on a day-to-day basis. I can't control what happens to you in the elevator when you leave this room or when you're walking down the street, but we can sort of work with you to say, well, given that this happened and it may happen again and it may happen again, how can we work with individual women or or African-Americans or or whomever Mm -hmm. to 
make sure that they have good coping strategies when these things do happen. The other thing is, and this we don't know much about, is the role that context plays. So if we're thinking about intervention on a policy level, is Mm -hmm. it that these events happen more often in places where people are powerless in general, where there's less equality, where there's more of a hierarchy versus places where people are, where the culture is different or the climate is different. So those are things that we can look at and that will give us a bigger, uh, an idea about ways that we might intervene. So are there places where it happens more frequently Mm -hmm. or when it does happen, it just seems to have worse health consequences than these other types of places? And can we then work around the context to make changes. So is that the next direction your research is going to take? Yes. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And That's in some ways more difficult. Exactly. <laughs> and bigger and yeah. more expensive and all those different things. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, it's a really fascinating line of research, yeah. I found. Provocative, but fascinating. Now, you started on this path as a Yale Center for Clinical Investigation Scholar. Tell me a little bit about how that shaped your career, how that shaped these individual studies. Absolutely. Um, So I was doing a little bit of this before I came to Yale. And the first thing that happened to me when I got here is um, I I decided I wanted to follow up and do the study. The first study that I did in this area was with middle-aged women. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to really look... Um, a bit younger because one of the things we're seeing is that cardiovascular disease in women is happening at earlier and earlier ages. So I wanted to look a bit younger and I also wanted to look at some of the things that you and I have been talking about, whether other types of stressors mattered, Mm -hmm. um, whether it was sort of this generic experience or, or whether or not what people said that it was mattered or not. And so the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation has been very helpful in that they gave me um, a, a pot of set-aside funds so that I could go out and recruit women from mm-hmm. New Haven. And all of my women have been seen in the hospital research unit, which I would say has been the biggest um, help to me because the, the type of studies that I do, are they're pretty intense, mm-hmm. um, and they require a lot of um, physical health measures. So we need to draw blood, we need to take height and weight, and we need to do um, ultrasounds. We, we basically need to see what's happening inside the body. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to get funds to do that as a junior person because you don't have the track record. And the bigger funding agencies really right. want to see that you've done a little bit of, of this before. And so um, I've done just, I just completed a small pilot study, and that is where the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation has been critical, I would say, in my career, in helping me get that study off the ground, get these people in, have them seen in a really friendly atmosphere, um, set aside space, technicians, nurses, a lot of different, I think, um, resources that I would not have had at, a, at another institution. So you really got the ball rolling yeah. much earlier in your career than you might have been able to otherwise. Absolutely. Which then frees you up to do this tremendous big next absolutely, step. Absolutely, absolutely. So I plan to use this as the the um, the findings that I have from this current project, I plan to use to really launch a much larger study or p- apply for funds to lar- launch a much larger study. Well, I look forward to talking with you about that. Thank you. 
Thank you. That was Assistant Professor of Epidemiology and Public Health, Tanae Lewis, talking about her research on the health effects of discrimination.